A lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to do a WordPress site. Other people are like, oh, don't do WordPress because it can get hacked and this and that. And it's all true. Everything is true. Everything that people say about WordPress is true, with the exception of it doesn't work for you, it's slow, it doesn't do what you want it to do, it's not good for SEO. All that, false, not true. Because it's all in how you set it up, right? You're listening to the Web Presence Rockstars Podcast with Misty Smith from Rio LLC. Thanks for tuning in. Hey y'all, it's Misty Smith from Rio LLC, which is now powered by Rio. I guess you guys thought maybe I like ran away or I decided to stop doing this, but no, I've been like so busy. You guys have no idea. I know I always say that, but seriously, I was like stressed out and just not sleeping and you know, you know, wow, just a lot going on, and it's all good, it's all work stuff, but I, I do it to myself, I just, it's that whole perfectionist thing that, you know, everything has to be done right and perfect, and this and that, and all that kind of stuff, and I put a lot of pressure on myself, however, I am back, number one, and number two, all of this work and all of my busyness has um, given me a lot of new ideas for podcasts for you guys so that you can learn. So, because I've had a lot of frustrations and, you know, I'm kind of taking it on myself to be like, come on, people, stop doing that. Because, like, yeah, um, it's just driving me crazy. But especially if I'm the one who has to fix it. I mean, if you're doing it on your own, um, okay, cool. And if I don't have to see it, cool. But I can tell you right now, you're not doing yourself any favors about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, mistakes and things like that. So, all right, today, today's topic is um, the skinny on WordPress. And I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of, of like in-depth WordPress stuff, just some basic um, things that you should and shouldn't be doing and what it means and what, you know, certain things can do. And, you know, if you take certain actions, how that can affect other things. So, um, I'm just, I wrote these down, so they may not be in order. I'm sorry, but I did write them down. So first of all, WordPress is like super, super, super popular. If you are, Anyone in the world who has a business or is in any business groups or entrepreneur groups, um, you've heard of WordPress. You've e- you either have a WordPress website or you've seen people who have WordPress websites or you're thinking about a WordPress website. It's like super popular. It's been around since like 2003 and it's had like so, so many like changes and, you know, growth over the years and even like within the past five or six years with the addition of the Gutenberg blocks and things like that that have like freaked a lot of people out but um 
a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to do a WordPress site. Other people are like, oh, don't do WordPress because it can get hacked and this and that. And it's all true. Everything is true. Everything that people say about WordPress is true, with the exception of it doesn't work for you, it's slow, it doesn't do what you want it to do, it's not good for SEO. All that, false, not true. Because it's all in how you set it up, right? So yeah, if you don't know what you're doing and you go in there and, and you you know get a WordPress um, set up installation with your you know new hosting and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna use this like 2019 theme because it looks really cool, but it doesn't come with photos or like any images. Like that's the stuff you have to populate yourself and then you get frustrated because you don't know how to do it. And you don't have the time because you want your website and you heard that WordPress is supposed to be fast and quick and all that. And you're having just the worst time of it ever. I feel you. I really, really do. Um, I taught myself WordPress probably 2013, 2014, I guess it was. So I've seen a lot of changes and I've been in your frustration level, um, which is why I... I guess one of the reasons why I decided to start coding because and learn and learn PHP specifically because you know this you get a theme and it looks really good but it doesn't do exactly what you want it to do, right? Okay. So there's that. Um there's also a lot of themes out there and plugins and you you can get bogged down and lost really, really fast. If you don't like take your time or, or do research or talk to someone who knows what they're doing or even listening to my little podcast here, I mean, this, this will help you. Okay. So WordPress is not just website files. There's a whole database attached to it and it's a SQL database SQL database and it works in conjunction with your website files. So it's not going to be like a website that's just built in HTML. And the difference about that is when you're calling like like a call to a server is when you click on something. So if you have a website up or if you're loading a page and you click to load another page, like PHP and the database, it's all server side. So the full website doesn't necessarily have to load uh, for you to click and move around on the website, which kind of helps with speed and load times. Whereas with HTML and some other um, we're, uh, website builders, everything loads all at once. So it's the lesser of two evils. You know, obviously you guys, a lot of you guys probably don't know HTML and CSS and jQuery and JavaScript well enough to build your own website. So that's probably why you're looking for a website builder and you've, you're looking into WordPress, but, um, that's what PHP is. And you can have it on a Linux server. You can have it on a windows based server. It first started out that windows servers were only ASP, um, language instead of PHP and it couldn't run WordPress. Now, I personally have never um, loaded a WordPress site on a Windows-based server. 
I'm a Linux girl. That's how I started. That's how I learned. Um, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's where my knowledge base is. So um, I'm going to be more of the Linux side of this with with WordPress. Um, and, you know, you get the cPanel. You hear about cPanel all the time. Or there's Plesk. There's all kinds of, like, back-end um, server, host server management. And then you have like the, um, Bluehost where you log in and I, the first time I logged in, I'm like, what is this? Because I'm used to the, like the down and dirty, the cPanel. So, I mean, I can figure it out. I can look around, but you know, for Bluehost and for people who are starting out, that's cool. The only thing that I would, you know, give you guys a heads up about and have you look into it is the level of plan that you purchase, okay? Like hosting plan. If you are looking at Bluehost or any other hosting, um, GoDaddy, anybody, if you're gonna buy the plan that's gonna cost you like $12 for the year or whatever, that's probably not going to run your entire website now. I mean, and especially like maybe, you know, five or six years ago, yeah, when, um, websites, WordPress websites weren't so heavy, but now if you're getting a theme like Divi or you're using like Elementor Builder or, you know, WP Bakery, you know, those are heavy front end loading things and they have to load. So the website loads and then like the domain loads and then everything else that has to be on that on that one page all loads with it. So like the Elementor has to has to load and then all of the pieces of your Elementor has to load. So if you have a a really long home page and you have lots of blocks that you've created with your um site builder and I'm not talking Gutenberg, I'm talking the the WP bakeries, the Divi builders, all those that's going to have to load first which is why there's a lag. And so if you're using the cheapest um, level of hosting plan, you're only going to get like 512 megs of physical memory, which is your RAM. So we all know now that our computers, you know, if you have four gigs of RAM now, that's still slow. Everyone's talking about eight. So if you have 512 megs, that that's a half of a gig. And even though you might have a small, you know, just a small little website, it's going to run slow because it doesn't have the resources and it could crash on you. I've seen that where there's certain um, actions that you've put on your website that when someone clicks on something, it, it's going to crash it or at least bog it down. And um, so you you want to at least make sure that you have one gig of physical memory. I mean, if you if you have two, especially if it's an e-commerce website, I mean, you have to take into consideration your the traffic, like what your website does, how much traffic you want it to have. Um, yes, there's things like CDNs um, and caching plugins, which I'm going to talk about later, but that will help you as far as the load goes. But just in general, like when... And this is for C uh, CEO. <laughs> what is wrong with me? SEO purposes. So, like specifically, I mean, yeah, you can have all these bells and whistles on it that makes it cache or go faster or whatever. But when Google is indexing your site with their bot crawlers, they have these things now, like the site insights that you can get on the Search Console, and it tells you like first paint. 
and it tells you like first impression. And so if you've got this, you know, slider revolution slider that's got 500 kabillion things on it that load and swing in and swoosh out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I'm not telling you to not use them. That's not what I'm doing. I'm telling you to be mindful of what you're using on your page because Google is like, well, this page takes 15 seconds to load, but this other page, which is really similar, takes like, you know, a, less than a second to load. So guess what? The, the page that takes lesser to load, they're going to rank higher than you on the same search string because your website takes forever to load. Okay. And again, there's a lot of pieces to it, but physical memory for your resources is huge and that affects your input output which when, when you know when people click and and do things on your website and it's possible that something can max out your in, uh, input output and then your whole site crashes and it's down until it can reset itself or the resources calm down or whatever and then you're like oh well, wordpress sucks well no it's not wordpress that's doing it people seriously it's not well, sometimes it could, but if it's been hacked or whatever. But in general, if you've got too much going on, like using the Divi theme with, you know, the Divi builder, and then you've got the slider with all the kind of stuff. And I mean, that's heavy. I mean, yeah, there's lazy load now and you can defer um, your JavaScript to the end, but still the whole page has to load. So it goes through the first things like it, it's like a like a checklist. When you click on a website, your code tells it what to load first. So yeah, you can save your slider rev revolution or revolution slider, whatever it is at the end, but your whole page is going to load first and then your slider is going to load and you're still not getting first paint. So just be mindful of how big and how heavy your load is because it has been proven that websites with longer load times people bounce off of and and they don't stay around because they're like oh my gosh this is taking forever and again that has to do with your resources and what you're putting on your website okay so eh, i guess you can kind of play around with it i mean my server i've got six gigs of physical memory so you know that can handle a lot of load and but it's it may not be price or cost effective for you to do it that way so one or two gigs of physical memory i mean that that should be able to help you so keep that in mind first when you're setting up your website and you're looking for a hosting platform now about let's see about a couple years ago um, WordPress decided that they were going to compete with some of these um, website builders. And that's where the Gutenberg blocks came into play. And they're actually really cool. I've built a whole website just using the blocks. And it's going to be lighter and it's going to load faster um, for you instead of using those other um, builders. Now, granted, there's they're not going to have like exactly the same 
type of you know functionality and and the little things that you can choose but for the most part it's it's pretty um, competitive as far as your options for your blocks go so I would suggest that you try that out um, and then there's still the old-fashioned classic editor plugin if you want to go back to the old way um, before the blocks were the default with the like the word editor like the text editor whatever that um, you know, you can add media and you can, it's like a word document where you can type it in and all that kind of stuff. That's only going to be around until I think 2022. So, um, but I would suggest, you know, just taking a look at the Gutenberg blocks. Now, as far as themes go, um, I guess you can probably tell I'm not a big Divi fan. I'm not. I mean, I think at one point it had its purposes, but I think now there's just so much on it that it just takes up so many resources and it takes forever to load. And, um, you know, it might be easy to use and, and you might love it because, you know, you can use the on page or the front end or whatever, and then you can drag and drop and whatever. And I, I get that. That's, yeah, I mean, but the trade-off that you're getting is your website's, your website's just gonna be like, not necessarily loading as fast as it possibly could. I generally use and recommend the Genesis platform. Um, and Genesis is pretty light. It's pretty easy to use. It's got lots of different themes already made that you can choose from. And it's really easy to edit, but it's also really light. And it actually has um, an enhancement plugin for your blocks. It works with the Gutenberg blocks, but it adds some more um, features with it. It's called Atomic Blocks or Code Blocks or something like that. But yeah, so that's what I would suggest. You buy the Genesis platform one time and you have to have like, you know, child themes over it. It's not recommended to change that code because that's the actual platform. So you have child themes that are super light as well and they run over top of it and you, you can make your changes to that. Um, also, while we're talking about making changes, uh, if you if you are someone who knows code or CSS and you want to change some of your CSS, use that additional CSS area um, that comes with like on the customizer and also like some themes have a section. Try not to go into the code editor or the theme editor um, and change any of the code because what's going to happen is when there's an update to that plugin or whatever it's going to wipe out all of your changes and you're going to have to start all over again um so and that's no good either right so just you know be mindful of of what you're doing i, I know a lot of you guys probably wouldn't do that unless you did know css but um use that designated area uh, for additional css there's also areas to add javascript and there's areas to add some JavaScript to the head tags if you wanted to manually put in like your Facebook code or your, your pixel code or whatever. I mean, there's plugins for all that for analytics and whatever. But if you didn't want to use plugins, because I'm going to say right now, if you use too many plugins, that's going to slow you down too. I mean, I've seen people with websites with like 40 plugins and I'm like, holy cow, like Oh my gosh, why do you need 40 plugins? Like, and especially if you're using a builder, why why do you need 40 plugins? And you you can get sucked in. I'm 
you know, I totally get it. You you can get sucked in going, ooh, this plugin does this. Ooh, this plugin does this. Ooh, this plugin does this. Well, it's not going to help you. It's just going to slow you down. So choose your plugins wisely. Choose your themes wisely. Um, go in and play with the Gutenberg blocks because it's all it's it's like your little WP bakery and the Divi Builder and all that kind of stuff. It really is. So because you can set up columns and rows and all this and and it's really really kind of cool how how it works and and it is a lot lighter than using um, the theme builders. So I saw the other day a website and I was like, wow, that's crazy. The theme they were using like a 2018 or 2016 whatever um, WordPress theme, the the default themes that come with it, and then they installed Elementor over top of it, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I mean, it was just I just saw it because I was inspecting the code, but I was like, okay, that's original and that's really creative. Um, but there's better ways that you can do that. So, um, all right. Bottom line here is what I'm trying to tell you. Try not to use heavy themes in theme builders because they're only going to slow down your load and your functionality. Um, and he, this is something big right here. I see this all the time and I never comment, but it drives me crazy. It, it totally drives me crazy. People post that I'm a website designer. I'm a website developer, and for those who don't know the difference, is a designer is how it looks. A developer is how it works, okay? Does that make sense to you? So if I get called a designer, I correct people immediately because people think that those two terms work, like, they think it's the same term, and it's not, um, a designer is someone who's going to use the front end. Like maybe they don't, I mean, so it used to be a long time ago before all these, these, um, WordPress or yeah, WordPress and Squarespace and Shopify and all these platforms were built is where there was a developer and there was a designer who worked together on building of the website. So the developer would, would build all the code and add all the components to actually make the website work. That's the code part of it. And then the designer would like go into Photoshop or something and pull in all these images and how it's going to look. So like you have a mock-up and that's how it's going to look. So they, they give the developer all of the images and um, content and colors and all that. And then the developer takes all that and puts it into the website. Okay, so the developer doesn't necessarily have to be a designer. But a developer can, I mean, also can be a designer. It's the same thing. But the, the difference is that the developer knows code. The developer is not going to use the front end of Divi Builder. Um, they're going to either, I mean, even if they have to use, if they have no choice, like I've, I've been in those situations where I have no choice, but to use, um, a theme builder like WP bakery or whatever, because if I have a client who wants that feature, um, and they want to go in and be able to edit it themselves. So, um, if, if that's the case, then always use the back end of it, um, to set it up. 
because what happens is if you're using the front end and you don't know how code is supposed to be structured, then you're going to mess it up. So here's an example. I have worked on a couple of WordPress websites in the past couple of months where the person is not familiar with structuring their code and they think that the H1 tag is supposed to be used for every heading. And if that happens and if you're doing that, then you're going to confuse the crap out of the Google bots that index your site. Because I've gone over this before, I'm going to say it again. I cannot stress this enough, people. Come on. And this is a huge pet peeve of mine. I'm like, oh my gosh. Compared to when you're in school and you have to write a paper, like a thesis or a policy paper or whatever, and you have to write an outline. All right, so the number one Roman numeral is what that whole section is about. And then you have like ABC and then each ABC has one, two, three, and then it gets smaller and smaller. So you have a topic, you, you have the section topic, which is the, the Roman numeral one. And then the ABCs, those are subheaders. And then there's headers under that. So that's how you're going to structure your page. That's how Google checks it out and indexes it. So if it's easily indexable, because they're looking at your website as kind of an outline, if it's easily indexable, then there you go. If it's not, they're bouncing off. They're going, I don't know what this is. And your website's not going to be served up for maybe some of the search queries that you want it to be. So please do not put H1 tags all the way down the page. Please don't, don't do that. Like seriously. And the other pet peeve that I have is with images that you're using images that are like five megs and they're huge and, and you're making the website server and the code pair them down for you. All right. What that does is it just takes a longer time. It adds on top of the load time. And like if you've seen websites when you go to them and the image like starts at the top, loads, and it comes down, like it, it's like a curtain that is being revealed and the picture comes up. It's because the image is too big and it's not compressed and you're using 300 DPI as opposed to 72. People, um, the internet can only like process and read like 72 DPI. So <clears throat> now when you're getting your content together, yes, use high resolution images. And if you're doing it yourself or if you're giving it to a developer or a designer, um, they can compress your image. Um, so it, even if you have like a 300 DPI image that's the right dimensions, height and width wise, compression means the size of the file, like not the dimensions of the, of the actual image, it's the size of the file. And Photoshop does a super, super job of exporting for web. And you can, you know, um, lower the quality of the image, but it doesn't really lower the quality of the image. I mean, it's just how it's rendered. Um, it, you can't tell a difference between the two images um, once it's on, on a website. So um, that's another thing that can slow your website down. 
all right? I mean, and I don't care if it's if it's WordPress or Squarespace or an HTML site, that's like bottom line and also the H tags too. But this is going back to what I'm talking about. If you if you don't know, if you're doing this yourself, you're building it yourself and you don't know what you're doing, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I'm not saying not to do it. I'm saying good job and yay you for doing it yourself. Like seriously, because that's, I mean, it's a heavy endeavor to do. And if you don't know what you're doing, you know, and you're learning and you do it properly, then you're my hero. I love it. That's awesome. But a lot of people don't. And then they wonder why they don't get website traffic. And then they go and they badmouth WordPress on their groups and say, well, I use WordPress and it was this and that. No, it's you. It's you. I'm sorry. If you're doing those bad things. Okay. I'm just being blunt. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because I get all riled up. Because it takes time for me. If I think I'm going in and fixing someone's website about something or just, you know, checking it over. And then I have to spend like, holy crap two hours fixing everything structural wise, then, you know, first of all, you're paying for it. But secondly, do a little research if you're going to do it on your own. Okay. And and don't blame WordPress for it. That's the other thing. Um, let's see, what else do I have here? I, I guess, you know, if you, if you want to design it yourself, and build it yourself, you know, just, I recommend contacting someone just to look over it and, and just to tell you not, not to fix anything, but just to do like a quick audit and say, you know, this is this and this is that. And and I would get a developer to do that or someone who knows, um, SEO, I would get them to do that for real, to help you out. And some people charge for it. Some people depends on the group. Like I'm in these groups. And if someone's like, Hey, can someone take a look at my website? I'm not getting any traffic. I'll go look at it and tell them, you know, stuff for free. I do it all the time. I mean, if they want me to fix it, then I charge them for that. But I mean, if you're in a group with me and you're worried about website traffic and you're putting your website up and asking for advice, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, you know, for free, you know, what to fix. Because, I mean, the, the main goal is for you to have a website that looks nice, that functions properly, that gets traffic, that converts sales, or does whatever you, you want it to do. That, that's the main thing. So if I can help anybody out, then you know, I'll gladly give advice on that. So y'all can contact me for advice too, for that. I don't mind. Send me your website. I'll take a look at it. We'll have a conversation, but, um, I'm going to move on because I tend to talk a lot. Okay. (laughs) So, so the security part is correct. Like WordPress is targeted all the time and it's targeted because it does have that database and it does have moving pieces and a login that can be easily hacked into. So, um, you know, you can put security plugins on your website that's going to block anybody. Um, you know, you can have an extra firewall. I mean, some of these plugs and plugins are free, so you can set up the firewall. So to, to prevent like, any like cross script uploads or any kind of SQL injections to kind of hack your site and all that kind of stuff that you can, um, you prevent people from getting into your database and hacking your website because again, it is database driven. 
Um, make sure your platforms are always updated. Make like WordPress. Make sure that your plugins are updated. Make sure your theme is updated. You know, sometimes um, you can purchase a theme that has the WP Bakery or whatever. I'm going to tell you a few, like at the end of July, they found um, a problem with the WP Bakery. It was an exploit in WP Bakery, and it took them a while to patch it out. But the patch only comes when your theme provider that you purchased the theme package from updates it on their end. So it might be beneficial to you. I know you spent the money on the theme. You maybe spent 70, 80 bucks on the theme, but spend that 40, 50 bucks on that Elementor or WP Bakery so you you can update it anytime you want or the Revolution Slider so that you can update it anytime you want and you don't have to wait for your theme author to push it out which is another cool thing about genesis i mean they're always updating their themes and their child themes um and their plugins but it but they don't come with any of the theme builders or whatever so you don't have to pay extra but if you did want to use like i do have a theme that i ha i use the revolution slider on or slider revolution whichever you want to call it um that i i just went ahead and purchased the license for so i wouldn't have to wait for the update and or not updated at all i would totally recommend doing that and, and again it's a little extra money but it's going to help you and it's going to save you and it's going to keep you from saying oh my gosh wordpress was hacked so easily because if your wordpress is hacked you're either you know using something that's out of date or you haven't updated something or you're using like a pass or username and password like admin and password or whatever and here here's the other thing too like People, people are going to try, like hackers are going to try to log into your site. And all of these data breaches, that information is sold to hackers. And they write scripts that hit your website with um, username and password combinations. And they that it's bot driven on a randomizer. And they keep trying to log into your website using those um combinations. So if your information was in a data breach and you haven't updated your username and password or at least your password for that, then your chances are they're going to come across yours at some point and be logged in. So, you know, there's tons of measures that you can take to keep your website secure. Um, but you have to work at it. You can't just put your website up there and let it go. You, you have to keep up the you know the plugins and the updates and um let's see don't use admins use strong passwords obviously um compress images and whatever that all right so a lot of themes come with seo already you know the the little areas that you fill out use that if not use a plugin use like the yoast plugin i know the all-in-one seo was um had an exploit in it and you guys divi had an exploit too like divi the divi theme and all that and there was another theme too they all had exploits that they had to push out patches for security so i mean it happens to the best of everyone and like you know you you just, it, well, look at Microsoft Windows. I mean, they send out patches all the time because people find um, exploits that they try to, you know, hack in and, and um, 
you know, hack people's computers and stuff. So it's the same thing. There's lots of moving pieces with it and you just need to keep everything up to date. But anyway, um, with the SEO, as long as you have some basic, you don't have to be an expert. Um, if you want to hire an expert, you can be, you can hire an expert, but as long as you have like a title and a description for each page, and you have alt tags on all your images, which is, I mean, WordPress makes it super easy to put alt tags on your images. If you're not putting alt tags, that's on you because when you upload into the media library, there's a place for you to put your alt tag. And you just type it in, whatever you want to call it. So like if you have a picture of a of a puppy, just put picture of puppy. Oh, you don't have to put picture of puppy. You can just put puppy or um, my dog or whatever. Um, an alt tag is, it, it has a couple of different purposes, but one in particular is for Google indexing. So that's why it's really important with um, your SEO. Um, then you can have the open graph and um, WordPress is kind of, kind of comes with that. What's gonna happen is if you don't designate a feature image or if you don't designate open graph like through a pl plugin, um, it's going to pick the first, sorry, it's going to pick the first image on the page to share as your image. And that's what open graph is. It's for link sharing and like through text messages or emails or uh, on Facebook, when you share that link, it automatically pulls over the page title, the website, the description and an image. So if you share a link and then an image doesn't come up, then you don't have your open graph, um, properly um, set up on there, you don't have it at all, and you and you don't have a feature image uh, on your WordPress. But I, I've seen where people are like, why does this image keep coming up? Well, it's the first one. Why does this text keep coming up when I share a link? Well, that's the first text that you have. So if you don't designate what that is, then it's going to use what's on there if it uses anything at all, if that makes sense, okay? Um, you need to track your analytics too. Um, and there's areas, again, to put JavaScript in the head tags of your website. and um, Or you can use the plugins. And I've said this before, if you use a plugin that wants to connect to your account, I'd be a little leery of it, seriously, because you're giving someone your login information or you're, you're connecting a website to your Google information, right? So... Um, there's some that you can use that just, you just put the, um, the universal tag code in there and that's all the number, that's all you do. And that's what you can, you can set up with some of these larger ones like monster insights. You can just set it up the manual way or you can connect it. I, I mean, you know, the connection will allow you to have information right on your dashboard from your website. But you don't necessarily need that. You can go to Google Analytics and see it yourself. It's going to tell you the same information, except Google Analytics is going to be able to help you drill down more and give you more information, especially when, when you connect the Search Console, which, again, is a whole other story. But anyway, um, let's see. Um, oh, <laughs> so also another pet peeve of mine is when you're designing your website and you're using a site builder and you want a space. Like there's areas that you can go in and you can use your, you know, put pixel amounts for padding and margins and all that. And if you know how to do that, that's awesome. But some people just put like, 
they'll add an empty row and then they'll add like they'll put elements in that empty row like a text box or whatever just so they can get that space well that's empty code that's confusing your Google bot they're gonna be like well this is missing something because you've already put in like so so what that does is when you add a column or I'm sorry when you add a container or a row you're adding a div like a divider a div a div tag and if that div is empty it's just going to be empty so essentially if you have if you make a new row or make a new container and you have them both in there it's going to be empty div empty div and then you're going to have like a text box that's going to have like a p tag or whatever on it and it's all going to be empty so the google bot is going to be like oh well, there's nothing here, so I don't know what this is. So don't do that. Most site builders have um, elements that you can add that are just spaces, and it's like certain pixel spaces, and and you can use that, or you can you know figure out or properly uh, use the um, the margins and the padding um, for what you're putting to to add that. Um, that space that you're looking for or you can do um an hr horizontal rule in there if you wanted to like look fancier and have like a, a different you know little line in there that's going to separate there's a lot of ways around it just don't think that if you're putting that in there that that's going to work for you it's just messing you up and it's messing up how google's going to see you on the back end and you're not going to get the traffic that you're looking for okay coming down um, when you're building your WordPress website, just don't rely on, solely on how it looks on desktop because now everything's going to mobile. It can look really cool on desktop. You can have cool features. Yes, people will, will look at your website on desktop, but most of the people are going to look at your website on mobile. So you need to make sure that that's working properly. So be careful if you are adding tags, um, I'm sorry, margins and, and padding, because if you have it too much on um, on the website on your desktop, like 120 pixels on each side, then it's going to like be super skinny on your mobile, and it's going to be like you can't even fit a whole word, like basically, on, on the line. And it's you're going to be like, ooh, how do I fix that? So... And that's another misconception. I mean, when you're building a WordPress website, nowadays it's gonna be mobile responsive. You don't have to worry about it. That's like automatic. So I, you know, someone told me that, you know, if, if you push all the text to the middle on the desktop version, that makes it mobile friendly. And well, no, it doesn't. When you're building the website, it's already being built mobile friendly. All that's doing is making it look skinnier on the desktop and on your mobile. So just rely on the code that came with your theme and with WordPress um, to do the mobile responsibility. Now you can toggle in and out of what it's going to look like on a phone and on a tablet with the customizer when you're um, building it. Um, there's also a couple tricks. I mean, you can, when you're looking at it in your browser, like you can make your browser smaller or bigger just to see how it collapses down into a mobile format. So um Make sure you're doing that now. Um, all right, so cash. Whew. All right, we're gonna like start to wrap it up here with the cash because this is. All right, caching is super important, and what caching is is if you have cache set on your website, um, it usually comes with 
um, expirations. So how long your, your browser keeps those images kind of in a cache on file. So it, it loads your website faster the next time you go. So the first time you go to a website, any website, it caches um, the things that are cacheable, like images and content and your logo and all that. So um, again, if you click out of it and you go back and you haven't cleared your cache yet in, in your um, browser, then it's going to load a lot faster. That's what caching is, and it's a good thing, and it helps, and it's very helpful with SEO. But it has to be set up properly. So if you do have a caching feature on your website, um, you need to make sure it's set up properly because if it expires, if, if, if the expirations are set up or if you make a change and you don't purge your cache settings, then the next time someone goes to your website, they're going to get just the HTML structure. They're not your your CSS, your cascading style sheet. That's what CSS stands for. Your is is going to not load because it's not been purged to load properly. So it's going to be like your background, and it's going to be a whole bunch of like outline links, and like your images are going to be huge and take up the whole page. And that's because your your cache or your CSS cache needs to be purged. So it's a good thing to have if you know how to use it. If you don't know how to use it and it's not set up properly, then um, people are going to go to your website and be like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the people are going to bounce off because it's it's just not readable. Now, the kind of good end is that the Google bots can still see it on the back end because that's really kind of how Google sees your website without the style sheets, kind of, sort of. But, um, yeah, I would just be really, really careful with caching. And I know it's a big buzzword, and I know, like, SiteGround has, like, you know, all these cachings, and, like, um, and also, like, when you're compressing images, I'm going to go back to this really fast. I know I'm jumping around. I'm really sorry. But um, if you use, like, a, a plugin called WP Smush, which is supposed to optimize all your images. There's there's other ones that are supposed to, to um, compress all of your images. It doesn't necessarily compress your image. What it does is it takes that image and makes like an array of different sizes of the same image. So it takes like, I mean, instead of having like, you know, because WordPress will do like thumbnail and like two other sizes. But with a, with the, um, compressed plugin, they make like, you know, it can be up to like 10 or 15 different sizes of the same image that's on your server taking up space, which can also lead to, to load time. So I would um, encourage you guys to compress your images without using a plugin. And, you know, I would encourage you guys not to use a cache unless someone else sets it up for you. I mean, if you have a lot of traffic, I get it. But there's also a CDN for that. You can use a CDN. Um, but like, I know there's a whole bunch of plugins and then there's SiteGround that has a, a cache optimizer or whatever. Just be careful. You can use it, but just be careful. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up here because I know I've talked a lot. 
and there's a lot of information. You guys can contact me, ask me any questions you want. I would love for that. Um, you can uh, leave me a voice message um, on the link in the description of this podcast. You can go to my website. You can you know message me on Messenger. You can go to Facebook. Um, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me to ask me questions. Um, but the bottom line is... WordPress is a good resource as long as it's being used properly. And if you don't know how to use it, you know, get some help. I mean, you know, there's there's free resources out there everywhere. That's how I taught myself. I was like, what is this? And I would Google it and I would figure it out. Um, there's also paid resources that you can find like classes. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be working on that. But, you know... Don't set yourself up for failure with WordPress and then turn it around and blame WordPress because that's not that's not what it is. It, it's a good open source free tool. Um, yes, you pay for platforms and or well, yeah, you can pay um, for your hosting and it has to have special hosting and you know special components and stuff. But it is worth it if you wanted to take the time to do it. Um, it, it's where I, you know, cut my teeth. Um, I prefer it a lot more than like Shopify or um, Squarespace or GoDaddy Site Builder simply because of the coding aspect. And I do have control over how it looks. Um, and I know how to use it. And if I wanted to add some PHP or change up um, like functions.php, I can. Um, I'm well versed with the back end. It's just what I'm comfortable with, and um, and as a developer, I would recommend it more so. Um, but just that that's my opinion. Um, but really, there's no reason to blame your poorly uh, performing website on WordPress. Okay, so. Thank you guys. I hope everyone is staying healthy and happy and your businesses are getting up and your websites are getting up and you've got tons and tons of business and you're able to get out and about where you are and you know, you're wearing a mask and you're social distancing and you're staying healthy and um, you're washing your hands, <laughs> like all that stuff. I only hope for the best for everyone and I'm always happy to help and thank you so, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. I'm gonna be the biggest rock star That you probably never heard of I'm gonna